Happy Wednesday. Emily Schramm here, your host of MFib Radio. What is up, guys? This is going to be a fun one because it is with someone that has her own podcast, and I've been on her podcast, and she's great. A lot of you might know her. This is Steph Godro, Stupid Easy Paleo. She's my first Be More guest. Um, super stoked to have her on. I just feel like so many times we get so we get so stuck in our own heads, and I just love talking to people that make everyone realize that we all do it. Because I think we all just we feel crazy, right? So we get in these moments of like, I'm not doing enough, or I'm doubting myself, and we think we're the only ones doing that. We think we're the only ones that are doubting ourselves, or we're the only ones that are failing at something, even though we're not failing. And it's just so good to realize how human every single person is. And it's just great to, I think you guys are going to really enjoy this. We're going to talk about, um, her backstory, kind of what be more means to her and how she got to do what she's doing. And then also about bees and beekeeping, which I find fascinating. And I, she, I just think it's so cool when people have bees. I don't have, I don't think I'll ever have the ability to do that. I can't even, I barely can have a cat, but it's awesome. And I think more people should do it if they can. So listen to that. And then of course, just some good inspiring stuff for you. So I hope you enjoy. I have a huge new challenge starting on Monday. So this is the kind of last stretch to sign up. Do not miss it. I only run for a year, 21 bucks, 21 videos, meal plans are already posted. Once you sign up, you just log in. You're going to get plugged into a great community of people. The 21 day MFIT challenge powered by Reebok. So go do it. Um, this episode is also brought to you by Pure Pharma. So Pure Pharma, I love them. I use them for, I recommend them to everybody that does my challenge. If you're looking for a high quality fish oil, it's really important with fish oil to get one source from sardines and anchovies, low mercury, and then also vitamin D3, which every person should take, take it in the morning. It's a really great, it's a powerful tool for helping your circadian rhythms, especially if you're inside all day and helping monitor your sleep and then also magnesium. So take magnesium at night and pure, pure pharma has those easy packets. You just take a packet. I time it out. So I don't take them all at once. I sometimes do because I just know that I'll forget if I don't, but I I take magnesium right before bed and then the fish oil and vitamin D3 in the morning with my breakfast. Um, fantastic company. I love, I just, I only work with people that I, I use. I've used them forever. You guys know this. Some of you have been with me forever. They're just awesome. So check them out. I hope you guys enjoy this. I, you know, love podcasting. You guys know it. I hope you're enjoying it. If you do give it a good rating, um, share it, subscribe. And then as always, my website, emilyshram.com, my Instagram, emilyshram. And then my um, Instagram is for the challenge that you're going to sign up for for Monday, April 3rd, superhero challenge. And then of course, Evolve Motion, my fitness backpack. Go check it out, theimpact.com. Woo. Okay. Enjoy the episode with Steph. You're going to love it. And <laughs> Fit Radio. All right, I am so excited for my first Be More podcast guest. This is Steph Gadro. Steph, how are you? 
I am wonderful. It's so good to talk. To- it's so good to talk to you. <laughs> you too. I, I we have to tell them. So this is my first Skype interview. I've done them all in person. You guys know I just yeah. started this, but I. How many times did it take for this to work? Uh, seventeen billion <laughs> and uh, one. But it, it was our final stretch. We were going to try one more time, and if it didn't work, we were going to call it a day and try another yep. day, and it worked. So it's meant to be, Steph. The power of perseverance. Yes. Um, so thank you. First of all, I just think you're so awesome. Thank you for being so supportive with everything I do. I love finding women that are in my field doing strength, doing nutrition, and just being supportive of each other. That's just such a big thing for me. And I am so grateful I found you so early on with my career. And you've been such a role model as I grow my business just to see what you're doing. I think it's awesome. So I want to kind of, ex- why don't you just tell people what you do and who you are? Let's start there. Well, I struggle sometimes to <laughs> adequately sum it up in a, you know, how some people are like, I'm an accountant or I'm an attorney or I'm a whatever strength coach. Like I do so many different things, but I I've been trying to lead with my purpose lately, which is to help people get stronger so that they can achieve their full potential. So that's sort of the thing that drives me in what I do. And then the what I do ends up looking like a bunch of different things. So I run stupidasypaleo.com. I write recipes, I take food photos and write books and do strength coaching both online and in person here in San Diego. I love to talk about mindfulness and mindset. And so it's really a mixed bag. (laughs) No, I love it. I always, Um, it's so fun because, um, you know, how running your own business is, it's the best job, even though it's a nonstop job. But the, mm -hmm. the thing that we do, we wear a lot of hats. That's like just what we do. So it's so fun to... You know, I had a talk with this guy. He actually read my, have you ever heard of Vedic astrology? Yes, I have. So I got my hour long Vedic astrology reading um, and it was incredible. So basically it's, if you don't know, it's the time and date and latitude and longitude of where you were born and exactly where, (laughs) it sounds so crazy, Mm -hmm. where the stars were aligned when you entered this world. And it was crazy because he was such a calculated science person. He wasn't even a hippie himself. He was just Mm. like, this is what this is. Oh, it's this, it's fascinating. And what the first thing he said was, don't tell me your job. Um, but I will say that you're supposed to wear many hats. And so I think we're in the Mm. right, we're in the right calling. I think both of us, (laughs) I, you know, I feel like it is the right sort of ADD mixture for me because (laughs) I mean, I just, I just mentioned like the, the enjoyable, like the things I love to do, but I also do really sort of nerdy, boring things like coding on the back end of the website. And like, just, you know, I mean, you do all that stuff too, and you're out there doing so many crazy things and I crazy amazing things I saw your like going to school to be an herbalist and I was like oh I want to do that like come on that was so cool come, come to Colorado and there's plenty of that for you <laughs> I know so so same way and and thank you for being so kind and and just I remember the first time I met you in person I was like ah, oh. you know you just get somebody's energy and it's it just felt like we had been friends forever and uh and you inspire me back because I just see all the stuff that you're doing and, and how you're 
really passionate about working with your people and your community and your message. And um, yeah, it's just great. Thank you. I love that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Okay. So you could easily be on any of my podcasts, the Be More, Be Strong, uh, Be Alpha. (laughs) You could do them all. (laughs) But we picked Be More. I kind of, when I, you know, I always give people the option, like what kind of calls to you? Because we're never going to be limited by a category, but I do want people to feel like, they're going to be drawn to something. So you are really drawn to be more. And I kind of want you to talk to me about that. Like, what is it about when you hear be more? Um, that's a loaded question, but what is, mm. what is it that pulls you to that? Like, is there something you're transitioning in your life? Is there, um, you know, you're a former competitive mountain biker. You're like, you're a hardcore mm-hmm. girl. So <laughs> I, do, I do know that there has been over the course of, I don't know how many years, an emotional and spiritual shift about, the bigger picture. So what do yeah. you think of when you think of be more? Well, it's really interesting. So I'm almost, I'm 38. So I'm getting toward uh, 40 and you know what normal people would consider midlife. And um, you know, when I was in my twenties, I really, and sort of like, you know, my mid teens to my late twenties, early thirties, I really struggled with a lot of the things that many, 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 many women and men struggle with, which is, acceptance of ourselves, um, who we're supposed to be, what we're, what our sort of role in this world is. And I think gradually, as I moved from my 20s to my early 30s, when I was about 30, oh, I have to do the math in my head. When I was about 31, I sort of was at this really low point in my life. And I had just left a marriage. Um, I was considering leaving my career as a teacher. I was a high school teacher for 12 years. So I was, yeah, I was really vested in that, but I knew it wasn't the, it wasn't where I was meant to be. So there were a lot of shifts going on in my life. And I also decided just sort of by chance about probably about a year prior to that, to try a new way of eating, which was sort of paleo and, that changed a lot of things for me. Um, I found CrossFit through a friend um, that started to change who I was and sort of open my eyes and make me more aware of like the fact that I'd been really obsessive about um, how my body looked and the size of my body. And as a cyclist, always trying to get smaller. And for once, I started to focus on strength and getting stronger and what my body could do. And that really catalyzed what the last six or seven years of my life has been like. I mean, I've like, it's been the craziest mental transformation along, you know, spiritual transformation. I'm not a super religious person, although I did grow up um, Roman Catholic, but I'm, I'm much more of a spiritual person now instead of a religious person, you know, so that like, there's been a lot of change in my life in the last six or seven years. And I'm, I'm sort of at this place that sort of reminds me of um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I'm sure you're familiar with that. But if people aren't, you know, people listening aren't familiar, it's basically like you're ba- you think about our needs as a human being as sort of a, a triangle shape. And at the wide base at the bottom is our need for, you know, food, shelter, uh, water, like our, you know, our basic our basic survival needs. And then as you proceed up that pyramid or that triangle, you get to things like, you know, uh, safety, then social connection. And then you end up with sort of this self-actualization at the very top. And I would say like, I'm sort of getting 
toward, I'm not just going to say I'm at the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs because then I kind of sound like I'm full of myself. But <laughs> but it's it's been a really interesting transformation because I think that all of the things that I mentioned are sort of at the bottom, right? Um, nourishing your body, sleeping, uh, moving your body like a human being is supposed to. And I'm not just talking about like doing CrossFit or lifting weights, but just like moving your body, getting some sunlight, connecting with people. And I felt like I was slowly moving up to the top of that. And so where I find myself now is in a position where my basic needs are being met. I feel like I have a place, social connection. And now I'm sort of in that space where I'm like, well, how can I give back to others? Um, How can I look outside of myself? And so that's why that really resonated with me because my work has become a lot more about working with others and giving back to um, this greater purpose. And I think a lot of us in the health space are, are doing just that, which is really cool. But, you know, our, the clients and the people that we work with and the folks in our community, they might be at that, that sort of bottom level where they're like, I need to nourish myself and control my stress a little bit better. And, you know, so that's why that like strength that I love talking about strength, like that's just a given in my life, but the sort of be more like the, the mental, spiritual, purposeful life, Uh that that layer, it's almost like frosting on top of the cake, right? It's like, so that's sort of why that really resonated with that's me. That's perfect. I kind of find that was a long answer. No, it's okay. It's great because it, <laughs> it got me my mind thinking because I think it's so easy. You know, certain people, are, I think people are just, they come into the world and they are givers, right? So they're wanting to help and they're always looking for um, how can I change somebody? How can I impact somebody? How can I give back? So what I find mm. is most people don't take care of those first two layers those, mm. the base of the pyramid. And this happens to me all the time where I feel like I'm trying to give, 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 and like just output, output, content, content. And then all mm. my basic needs aren't being met. I'm stopping. I don't take care of myself. I lose time for play. And then all of a mm. sudden I'm like, why am I so burnt out? And I think that's why people get burnt out because that their intentions are so pure and so raw, but it, they aren't actually, I mean, you can't fill or you can't pour an empty cup, right? Mm-hmm, I see, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you've experienced that as a business owner yourself, right? Where you're just like giving, giving, and you're like, oh, wait, hold on, time out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's definitely um, boundaries that I've had to set with myself. You know, people are like, well, you know, you're a, you're a business owner, so you get lots of time off. And I, I think all of us that are in this online space or are doing entrepreneurship know that you can literally be working all day, every day. And, you know, we have to set boundaries for ourselves and have routines. And um, some people are just by nature more flexible than others. But it's, uh, you have to look out for number one, in that basic needs sense, you know what I mean? Like there, there has to be like the energy management that especially entrepreneurs have to do is really, it will dictate whether or not their business will be successful Absolutely. in the, in the long run. So it's a really important topic. Do you have, um, just, this is kind of a selfish question. Cause I just love picking people's brains on this because mm. I'm really working on, um, expanding my parasympathetic state. <laughs> so- 
Mm. Um, what is your, do you have a favorite uh, checkout moment or activity or thing that you do that you ha- you always make time for that's just been really key, whether it's always been a habit or whether it's been a um, habit that you've forced yourself to create in order to kind of stay recharged? Mm. Yeah. And I, there is, and it's one, cause I struggle with this, this being on the West coast of the U S um, we're on Pacific time. We're sort of the, like th- we're at the tail end of the day, you know, everybody's uh, either in New York or on the East coast or in Europe. And um, when I was in New Zealand, there are like 18 hours ahead. So like a full day ahead. And so I wake up and I, I am automatically like, ah, I'm behind, <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh-huh. um, there's, there's that sense, but what I've started doing, because I will get very engrossed in very sort of flow state with certain things, right? I'll get very flow state. I'll get absorbed into my little world of what I'm doing. And the internet just exacerbates that and makes it so much worse. But what what I've had to do is, um, to enact this sort of like semi Pomodoro method of recharging throughout the day. And so if you've heard the part, have you heard of the Pomodoro method? No, tell me about this. Okay. So the Pomodoro method, it comes with its own little, like, it's sort of like Pomodoro trademark, right? You know, it's like a little thing, but Pomodoro is like a tomato in in Italian, right? And so you've got this like little timer that's a tomato. And I think it's, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So you do like different work cycles. You work for like, I think it's 25 minutes or 30 minutes, and then you do four of those. Anyway, um, I have started to sort of do this semi Pomodoro method that I learned from my friend, Jamie Scott, who's uh, a really smart dude. And basically what I do is I work for an hour and a half and then I take about a 30 minute break and then I'm allowed to, and I say allowed in air quotes, like then I'm allowed <laughs> to go back and do another 90, 90 minute cycle of work and take a 30 minute break. And normally I will also break it. I'll break that 90 minutes up into 25 minute chunks So I'll do 25 minutes, take a five minute break, you know, go to the bathroom, go do some stretches, go do some air squats, go sit outside and then come back in and repeat that. But I think it's really important to sort of hit the point home isn't like necessarily the timing because that might not work for some people, but it's just this idea of adding in regular break time throughout your day because, you know, to sort of quote uh, Tony Schwartz, you are not a machine. You are not a computer. You are a human being that functions on cycles. And we in the modern world have that disconnect, right? We try to just push through, push through, push through all day. And then we get, like, we think we're doing awesome, but <laughs> we're really not productive <laughs> once once we've reached that, like, two, three, four, five hours of continuous work. Like, really, how productive are you? So the idea is to take more regular recharging breaks and that could look different for everybody sometimes for me that's just having a meal uh sometimes it's taking a walk we used to do sort of 30 minute walks uh around the hood here in san diego me and z would just take a walk um you could do you could exercise like take your whatever like yoga uh, go read a book but the thing that i've noticed is it can't be something that like steals energy from you so if it's um i'm gonna sit down and check my email for 30 minutes like no, <laughs> that does not recharge oh anybody. Oh my God, so, no. <laughs> yeah, so, so I've this been trying yeah. and I don't, 
I don't always nail it. Like it's easy to get into the habit, but then we'll travel or something will happen and we'll sort of break that habit. But that has been the number one difference in me get being productive um, and sort of like uni tasking. Yeah. So mul- multitasking, we know. Is it productive? For sure. And it's my, my biggest downfall. Yeah. I swear. I'm like, I promise I'm a great multitasker. I tell everyone that, but it's, mm. you know, we all know. Have you ever heard of Spire? No. Okay. I just got, literally got this last night. Um, So Bradford gave me this thing called Spire and I, it's fascinating. I'm. It's an app that you put on your phone and then it's basically a Fitbit kind of concept, but it vibrates mm. when it tells, when you, it tracks your breathing. So if you, if it, you can set it for your timer, but if I'm tense for three or more minutes at a time, it does a little vibration. It's hooked on your bra and it says, it basically says, you've seen really tense, take a big breath. And then it it actually vibrates when um, two minutes or more of you feeling really calm or breathing a little bit slower and it like congratulates you. So it shows you at the end of the day, how much you were tense, uh, um, how calm you were. If you had like focus time, so your breath changes mm. when you're focused and then it has like all these tools for you to like breathe into where like a, a, a colorful screen that teaches you how to breathe and like relax. And it's like so good for me because even if I am like when I'm doing emails all day, I just started mm. it today. Oh my God. It's like, you're, you're tense. <laughs> you're tense. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. So it's so funny. Cause I never would think that I'm just like, but when I, when it vibrates, I like look at my body language and my traps mm. are in my ears and I'm like hunched over. I'm like, God, I'm like so tense depending on what I'm emailing about, of course. But it's like, if I could just remember to even while I'm emailing people to like breathe and keep my shoulder blades down and stick my chest out and just kind of like, get in this comfortable position. It was so crazy how much that changed. So it's actually a really fun app. I'm probably going to get sick of it in a couple of days, but I was really, <laughs> I was really impressed with like this, like awareness, um, just of people not knowing like how tense they are when they're actually being productive. I thought that that was cool. is cool. Yeah. And it's, you know, it looks like a little stone. Also, I'll post a picture of it. Cause it's like, yeah, it's a good thing for me to try to like, you know, I'm just not the, I'm a little stressed, I think. Does that explain your trap your trap problem? <laughs> Apparently, it's like my traps are big because of my email list. That's totally <laughs> it. God, it's horrible. It's true. Well, okay. So you mentioned um, in your intro, I thought it was really great because this is something I didn't know about you, about you being a teacher and you, you know, being really unhappy in your former kind of life, your pre mm. wherever you are, Steph who you are today, just kind of this almost like a past life. I bet it feels like, um, Mm -hmm. did you, and I, I'm always really fascinated by transitions. So like when people switch and are like, you know what, this is it. I am really sick of what is happening and I want to do something about it. Um, was there, was it a gradual change for you? Was it a moment? Was there just like certain things that happened? I kind of Mm. just want to pick your brain on that. Yeah. It was about a year and a half long process. Um, and I'll sort of hit the, I'll hit the highlights. So in, in the fall of 2011, I was, I, you know, I'd been doing CrossFit for a little over a year. I did my first CrossFit open in 2011. Uh, so that gives you some, some perspective. Uh, it was like, uh, snatches and double unders. I remember was the very first one, but I, you know, I started to really love CrossFit cause I went from a very competitive mountain bike, mountain biking and triathlon environment to wanting to compete in CrossFit. And so I did this 
online, uh, like a mental training mastermind with uh, a coach here in San Diego named Don Fletcher. And Don is a sports psychologist. And one of the things that we did, like the one of the very first things that we did was sort of take this inventory of our lives and uh, rate, like self-rate, self-rank all of the different aspects of our life. And I thought it was just going to be about training and competing and performing. And <laughs> it was about everything in your life, right? So health, relationships, career, you name it. Was and, it a forum or a thing you filled out? Um, we sort of did it all online, but this particular inventory was something that you filled out. Okay. Got it. And yeah. And so you had to tally it all up at the end and to my like complete shock and horror, cause I was at that time going through a divorce. The thing I ranked the lowest in my life was actually my career satisfaction. And that was like a huge, like wake up call moment. You know, when people say that they have those moments where they're like, Oh wow. Okay. That's not what I thought was going to happen. And so that was really the seed was planted on that day that something else, something has to change. And, um, so at, about a month prior to that, I had started stupid easy paleo as just a blog for funsies. And <laughs> so it wasn't anything. I had probably like two readers. And <laughs> so, you know, I just sort of like put it out of my mind for a little while that, you know, I would I would probably figure something out, but I didn't really have any solid leads because I'd been teaching for so long. Um, I didn't really have any other career experience. And so I sort of went about my time and about mm, six to nine months later, um, I was actually talking with Z about it. And at the time we sort of had just connected on Twitter and we we're talking and, um, but I was like, you know, I'm really unhappy with my job and I want to, leave. I don't really know what to do. And by this point, you know, I was posting recipes on the weekend and like people were asking me, all my friends were like, how do you do paleo? And what is it? And so I was like teaching them what to do. And I sort of was like, okay, what, what if I, like, what if I did this full time? Yeah. And, and so that I was like, no, that's so dumb. Like I, that's so scary. You know, I can never leave. This is so safe and that's so unknown. And a bunch of things happened. I ended up finding out about an online program called B school. Um, it's a business, like an online business program. And I signed up for it and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I signed up for that. I just did like a bunch of other things. And I said, okay, I am going to, I'm going to ask for a leave of absence from my job, um, in June of you know, at the end of the school year and just go for it. And, it sounds like I just made that leap. And in fact, I had a coach um, named Allegra Stein, who's a wonderful human being. And it took a lot of working with Allegra for me to get to the point where I could, because I lived in this place where I was like, what are people going to think of me? What if I, what if I fail? What if it doesn't work? Right. And so I always was living in the negative. What if forgetting that there's there's also a positive what if that goes along with that. But. God, I love hearing you say this because I think so many people that see business owners assume that it was like always there, that the, there's mm. just, you know, this sense of self or this sense of security that, you know, that success is going to happen. And I, I think it's so great to hear you say like the things we all feel, this doubt is so real mm. and people forget that when they see somebody who's successful, they forget that that ever existed or it still can exist for us very easily. Oh, and I still have, 
very frequent moments where I'm like, I don't, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. Like, is this thing going to work? I have no idea. And it, tr- it truly was that leap of faith. And I think the thing I really want to, I really want people to hear is that if you're in that position and you're afraid of making the leap, you're afraid of the jump, you're afraid of what's going to happen, there will be doors and opportunities that will open up for you that you can't possibly see right now in your current situation. Like it's, it's truly having trust in yourself. And like, if you believe in the universe and all that sort of stuff, whatever you, whatever your guiding principles are, like there will always be a way. But if you're, if you're so stressed about it that you, and and there's stress in it at some level, but if you're crippled by the stress, then your thinking becomes small and you can't see the opportunities when they come your way or your, um, you know, like your, your thinking kind of collapses in on your, on itself. And it becomes a very, like I'm hunted, uh, like running and, you know, it's very, very hard, but so that's what happened. And so I asked for a leave of absence and, um, I was granted a leave. So if I wasn't granted the leave for a year, I would have had to just quit, which would have been another level of freaky, scary, but I got a year to go and do what I needed to do without pay. Um, <laughs> but no, no pay, no benefits, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, so I looked at myself and I was like, all right, sink or swim time to do something. And, and so that was the beginning of it. And I didn't go back. I love it. I love it. I love it. Cause I, you yeah. know, when I look at, you know, people that are signing up for my challenge or, you know, about to start, I've been a trainer forever. And it's like, you know, they can want it so badly until there's a point where it stops. And so like this whole stretch of if you, there has to be something really deep down inside that switches for you, that's going to make this lifelong and not just another fad or another failure. So I think it's really cool to, I mean, to have those moments to hear about those with other people. I just really love it. That's awesome. Um, I think we're, I think we're all at some level, like figuring it out as we go. Right? Oh, totally. Yes. We yeah, are. Yeah. Um, so one thing that when I think of be more and all your posts that I really want to talk to you about, uh, there's no, I just feel like this B thing is fascinating to me. And oh, I, yeah. I hear, I see your posts and your comments and I'm like, God, I feel like bees just give so many life lessons. And I want to hear all about bees because you have honeybees, correct? Yeah, we, well, we did for two years and then in the fall they flew away. They actually absconded, but we're getting, we're getting more bees next month. So we're going to start again. We, uh, we had, um, yeah, our bees flew away for reasons we don't quite know, but, but yeah, um, (laughs) I never, I've always, so I studied biology. Like I was really bitten by the biology bug, by nature. Um, I, I majored in biology in college. Like I just love Science. I just love it. Yeah. I love science, <laughs> like physiology, animals, plants. And, you know, it never crossed my mind that, I, like, I could be a beekeeper. But a friend of mine was uh, releasing a cookbook about sort of homesteading and, um, you know, keeping your, keeping chickens and bees and gardening and stuff like that. And um, she's like, I'm looking for people to have a beehive and write about it. And it was one of those things where you're like, it's a hell yes. Like you don't have to think, right? And uh-huh. you just, you're just like, yes, I'm going to do this. And so I thought, okay, well, it's time to learn about being a beekeeper. Can you, can and you do, can you have bees wherever you are in the world? Is there like 
uh, temperatures that they dislike? Um, because you're well, in a warm for, client, right? Yeah, yeah. The 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 more winter you have, the harder it is. Got it. But there are ways to keep bees alive over the winter. Um, yeah, we live in San Diego, so it's we're we're kind of cheating here. But um, but yeah, like I so I sort of threw myself into learning as much as I could about bees. Um, there was a, there's a beekeeping store about a mile away from our house. And so I would just sort of go there and pester the poor woman who lived there, who worked there and ask her all sorts of questions. And it just became so fascinating to me, um, because they're, I, I mean, they're just, they're like little miracles. They're just amazing. And I remember, um, last year I posted something about my bees and I love, I love my bees. They're like a, they're like my pets. Tell me, and uh, tell you, say the name of your queen bee. <laughs> okay. So we've had a couple Queens cause we had some drama, but we had, uh, we had Circe was <laughs> I love one of our bees. Um, and then Daenerys who had a very, very short life. She died, um, because Aww. the bees killed her. Uh, Will you tell then- me, tell me about this process. Cause like, you, because I saw this post and I had no idea that this was a thing that the bees can get rid of the queen bee. Yeah, we had a situation where our queen died around, and so this is uh not this this January but last year, we had a situation where our queen died, and they, as bees do, will raise a new queen from scratch, and that's what they did. But the problem is or I guess you could see it as somewhat as of an advantage, the queen has to get fertilized if she's going to lay eggs that become worker bees. And so she has to fly out of the hive when she's a virgin queen and get fertilized by whatever drones, those are the males that are hanging around. And we live in a place where there is some amount of Africanized bee traits in the wild population. It's just because we're so far south. And so she just mates with whoever and she comes back. And in some way that increases the genetic, you know, variability of your, of your population, which is a good thing in theory. Um, but about two months later, I was uh, washing dishes and our beehive is right next to our house. It's, it's like within eyesight. It's very close. And all of a sudden the bees started to fly around the screen where I was washing dishes. And I looked at the soap and I thought, aha, lemongrass. That's they're attracted. And bees are attracted to lemongrass. Ah. So by the way, FYI, <laughs> for your herbalism stuff, if you ever want to catch bees, you put lemongrass essential oil. Anyway, that's a good so fact. They, I like it. Yeah. So if you're wearing, and if you're wearing lemongrass and some kind of perfume, that's why bees will fly around you. That's great. Lemongrass is also, what else did I learn about it? Um, anti-inflammatory and, mm-hmm. um, that's all I got so far. I'll it's let- the bomb. <laughs> it's the bomb. So they were attracted. To, I thought they were attracted to the, the smell of the dish soap and it turned out, no, they were in fact just really aggressive. So our hive turned aggressive and we had to get a new queen, but because they were so aggressive and beekeepers call this hot, like the hive is hot. So that's like lingo for like, Oh crap, we have Africanized bees. Um, to some extent, obviously not full, but partially, um, we had to get a brand new queen who was, they, they have suppliers that breed queens and they're like purebred. Right. And so we, we put her in, in her little cage and they're supposed to chew her out through this little sugar stopper. And then she's supposed to come out after a few days because bees operate in part on pheromones. Uh. And so the queen, they have to get used to the scent of a new queen 
And if they don't recognize her scent, they will just, uh, they'll kill her. And the way they do that is the workers form a living ball around the queen with the queen at the center. And they basically beat their wings and vibrate. And what that does is essentially heats her up until she overheats and dies. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So it's, it's like a fascinating thing. Um, we didn't see it happen, but that's what happened to, um, that's what happened to Danny, mother of dragons. She, uh, oh, <laughs> she got no. cooked, cooked alive. So yeah, so we had to install a new queen and then take some extra precautions and they accepted her. And that last queen was, um, we decided to leave the game of Thrones theme <laughs> behind and, um, go with something a bit more on the calm side. So we're we're huge Lord of the Rings nerds, and we named her Galadriel, who is, of course, uh, the most fair elf queen in all of Tolkien's universe. And so, Steph, um, I never told anyone this. I can't believe I'm going to tell you this. But when I was, well, I guess obviously my mom, but when I was in sixth grade, I tried to get my mom to change my middle name to Arwen. Really? I, uh, I, I think we just bonded over this Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God. You're totally an elf, though. <laughs> I am. I'm totally – I love yeah. the name Arwen so much. And it, it obviously didn't work, but um, I, <laughs> I knew you would appreciate that. <laughs> I just – that's, like, next level. And, yeah, we uh, – we like, Z and I have our little thing where we – everybody that we encounter, we're like, you're an elf, you're a dwarf, you're a hobbit, you're a human. Yeah. Are whatever. you an, are you an elf? No, we're dwarves. You are dwarves? Why do you say you're dwarves? Because we're just kind of like burly and, you know, a little bit shorter and <laughs> stockier. Yeah. What kind of person is a hobbit? Like our two friends that live in New Zealand, uh, Jamie and Anastasia, they're they're hobbits for sure. Okay. They're, well, they're for sure hobbits. Like what is that? What's some characteristics? They're, they're a bit on the small, so they're like the smallest. Um, they are always just so hospitable and kind and, um, always up for adventure. So they're, they're more hobbity for sure. And then we know a couple of people who are wizards and. Ooh, that's good. Mm. That's really, well, I'm, but yeah. I'm glad you switched. I mean, Game of Thrones is a great show, but you're right. It's setting, it's setting you up for failure. It's everyone, it's set up. everyone you love, everyone you love dies. Yes. <laughs> that's what's it happening. It didn't set a good precedent. <laughs> Um, you're, this is, I say this, this for the end of the podcast usually, but I'm going to jump the gun. Um, mm -hmm. this is something I ask everybody because it's my favorite question. What is your spirit animal? Oh, a bear. You are a bear. Ah, yep. I love it. Do you have a type of bear? Are you a certain bear or just any bear in general? You know, I don't have a certain bear that I necessarily, um, align with. But yeah, so when I was a kid, I, my nickname was Steffi Bear and it wasn't because I was super cute and cuddly. It's because I had like a huge temper and was like, <laughs> I was really bear-like and ornery. And um, it's interesting because like I can look back as a kid and see where, well, I had, so like when I was sort of in fifth, sixth grade and like became a woman and all that fun stuff, um. I, so I have endometriosis and like looking back, I can see where I was always like sort of sick and not feeling good. And I think I was probably a little bit insulin resistant too. And sort of like definitely, definitely a hangry kind of kid. And anyway, so that was my, that was my childhood nickname, but it sort of has become this 
animal that I um, I've identified with. So I actually have it tattooed on myself now. Oh, in 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 uh, in homage to that. I love that uh, spirit yeah. animals. I you know I just think they're. I was gonna guess um, you might you might be a bee because of mm. your love for bees, which I think everyone can have one to two spirit animals. So maybe you're part bee. <laughs> bees are I'm like a bee bear. You're a bee bear. Um, is it true? And you're, are you a hummingbird? Yeah, I'm a hummingbird dragon. See? <laughs> uh, you know, it's like the the bee to the bear and the hummingbird. with the, It's balance, right? You just got to like, have both sides. Um, I like it. Is it true that bees are responsible for one out of three, every three bites of food we eat? Have you heard that? Yeah, that is true. Bees pollinate about one in about 30% of the, the food that we eat. Yeah. Oh my God, that's crazy. And how, and, yeah, tell me. And I was going to say, like, when you consider grains are primarily wind pollinated. So if we were to sort of like factor in for the, the fact that grains are wind pollinated, like all of, if you don't eat grains, most of all of the food that you eat in terms of produce is, has been fertilized or requires bees. Um, it's really crazy when you think about how, how important they are. But if you look at the worst case scenario, which is we lose all of our bees, this is what's happened in China. And in China, they actually have to hand pollinate. Human beings have to hand pollinate fruit trees. And they have special brushes and they stand on ladders. I am not joking. This is real. Um, you can look it up on the interwebs. But they actually have to hand pollinate. And I kind of think, let us never go there. Wow. Because that's really serious. And, and it's, it's mostly happening because of chemicals and pollutants, correct? Yeah, there's lots of different theories. And I think what we have going on, if I could just throw my like uh, sort of unofficial hypothesis into the mix, is just a is just a an environmental load of toxicity of many different kinds, right? So it could be pesticide, it could be EMF, it could be um, you know, it's just like air, water, pollution, noise. I, I just, you know, we have a very urban um, beehive. It's like we're in the city and the gal in San Diego. So if people are listening and they're fascinated by bees on Instagram, I want you to follow a girl uh, named Hillary and her account is girl next door, honey. She's got some incredible, she's here in the city, which is real. she's a great resource, but she posts all sorts of fascinating photos and videos of bees oh, but she has yes she, she's got some hives just up the street from us and she's like yeah my urban hives in this like central san diego area because she's got like 50 hives all over the county uh she's like my urban hives here are not doing super well oh well what in if general someone, what if someone wants to get into beekeeping like do you have a good what's the first step for them the first step would be um to make sure that your municipal area, the city or town you live in allows beekeeping. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is kind of a bummer if you can't. Um, but that would be the first thing. The second thing would be to know that you're, we're coming up on beekeeping season. Like if you haven't looked into it yet, it's probably best to do your research this year and wait until next year. Um, but you know, there's all sorts of great books out there. I have a book called, I think it's called Keeping Bees by Ashley English. Um, there is, 
there, there's so many, the homegrown paleo cookbook, Diana Rogers. She has a section on beekeeping, um, Hillary, the girl next door, honey. She's got an online beekeeping class. If you were like, Hmm, I want, I think I might want to do this. And if you can't keep bees, like all I, I really just encourage people plant, um, plant some flowers or put some pots out with lavender and rosemary. And you can use those in your cooking. They're culinary herbs, but they also are very attracted to bees and other, other pollinators. So you know, if you, I know not everybody can, um, or they might be afraid or they are allergic or whatever, but we can all sort of just put out some pots of plants or plant a little garden with bee friendly, um, flowers and stuff and give them a place to forage. I love that. Which would be really helpful. My, um, this is a fun fact, but my, well, my dad's highly allergic to bees, but at one point before I was born, he actually did beekeep. And I remember hearing a story oh. of his um, suit not being zipped all the way. And Uh-oh. <laughs> it was like one of those tragedies where I think they stopped <laughs> beekeeping pretty quickly, but it was an adventure that my dad, uh, but I just didn't ever know anything about it. I watch, do you ever watch Shark Tank? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm obsessed with Shark Tank, but there's, so Damon John had, there was somebody that came on that does like at home beekeeping kits kind of thing. Mm. And he, and it, Damon started to get really into it. And then now he has like, millions of bees on his land. And I thought that was so cool. So you and Damon are my, my bee experts <laughs> that I, that I follow. So I think it's just fascinating. I wanted to know a little bit more. So thank you for sharing. <laughs> of course I could, I could honestly, if people meet me and they talk about bees, I will probably launch into a three hour lecture about everything I know. And I notice that they start to like check their phone and that's my cue to stop <laughs> talking about it. No, I think it's great. Um, as far as do you, what have bees taught you? If you could pick like one thing that Oof. bees have taught you, or maybe a couple things, but um, what are some life lessons from bees? Ooh, um, I think the biggest one is that we are all part of a whole. Um, we're all part of a collective as people. And we may have different, we have things about us that are differences and we sometimes let those differences get in the way of us realizing that we have so much in common with each other. And if we all work together a little bit more, we would get amazing things accomplished. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that the bees have taught me other than the fact that um, nature always finds a way <laughs> and... <laughs> And then um, human beings, like we like to think we're at the pinnacle of um, intelligence. And I think the other thing that bees have taught me that's huge is that intelligence comes in so many different forms. Um, and we, I, I think humans have to learn their place. I think we're a little big for our, our britches sometimes and we think we're so advanced. And then you think about everything that a bee can do and you're like, <laughs> Okay. We're just like a bag of flesh sitting over here and this insect is highly intelligent. So yeah. I think those those are the those are the life lessons bees have taught me that sort of stick out in my brain. Those are great. I mean it's so fun when you get so into something. Like when I started growing herbs, I'm like, God, I just mm. you you one are connecting to the earth like you're supposed to. And it's not through technology, it's not through, you know some how-to YouTube video. It's just like you and that, what you know, for you, your hive, and, but like 
people need to do more of that kind of stuff. So whether it's beekeeping or growing some plants, like you said, even for the bees, I think it's good to like find those kind of things that just make you realize how small we are, you know, Mm -hmm. God, Mm -hmm. it's so good. I like that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So going back to Maslow really quickly, I think the revised version of Maslow's hierarchy has sort of like awe and like nature as part of that. Like we need that in our lives. We need to have perspective. And um, I think that's just one way that you can access that. Totally. I love that. Um, Mm. It's really good. Uh, Is there any the last question I have for you, is there any quote that just is like one of your kind of it was what you live by, your life motto, your mantra? Is there something that you really, that really speaks to you? I mean, we're all, we all go through stages, of course, but <laughs> <laughs> um, dep- whether it's like right now or something in the overall theme of your life that has just kind of always stuck out to you? Hmm. There's so many. I know. Um, there really are. <laughs> I, we just watched Finding Dory the other day. So like just keep <laughs> swimming came to mind again. But um, I, I really love Comparison is a Thief of Joy, which is Theodore Roosevelt, as many people know that quote. And I think it's something that I, I for me, is a work in progress. Like I'm always, um, you know, I'm sort of like on this path of sticking more to my guns and like being more of who I am. And that has been its own process and its own evolution. And I think there's, you know, a tendency in this health wellness online space to just sort of go like, where do I stack up? And where am I? How do I compare? And am I helping the right people? And how do I attract more followers and stuff like that? And I, I think that has really like that phrase, that quote, um, comparison is the thief of joy really helps to ground me sometimes because I do I'm sometimes like wondering how, you know, am I? And I'm like, no, 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 like recenter, refocus. Like if, as long as I'm being true to who I am, it like the rest sort of falls away. And, and I think that's really important. It's helped me to define what success is in my life. Um, on my own terms. And I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs don't do. They get sort of sucked in and they're in it. And then they're like, I'm not making X amount of figures. I'm not reaching X amount of people. My social isn't at this level yet. And we forget that, um, we get to define what success looks like to us. And, and for me, that's meant making some, key decisions about like how I choose to run my business and how I choose to structure my day. And, and so it all kind of goes back to that, like walk your path. Uh, you do you is another one I like, like you do you, um, and sort of keep things on that, that true path of who you are. And I think you can't go wrong when you, when you stay true to that. I love that. It's so true. Yeah. It's so, and it's such a work in progress, like you said, for sure. Um, <laughs> but that's so good. I love it. Uh, yeah. So also, I'm really stoked. I know this is a little bit about the beast, you know, getting into strength, but I love your Women's Summit. Can you tell people about this that's coming up in May? Yes, yes. Um, I well, I'm excited that you're going to be back. So yeah. <laughs> um, we are we are running the second year of the Women's Strength Summit, which is really exciting for me because last year's event, um, 
reached so many people and the the messages and just heartfelt things that I heard from women who watched and some guys, there were a few guys, so there's like three of you that listen, our guys, and <laughs> you're awesome for that. Um, to hear how this impacted people really confirmed to me that again, like this is, I'm on the right path with this, but we are going to have the women's strength summit again, mid May. Um, I don't have exact dates quite yet, but it'll be roughly about the middle of the month and it's going to be about six days with roughly four speakers a day for women that covers everything, you know, strength of body, mind, and spirit. And the really cool part, and this will be the same as last year, is that every speaker is a woman who is an expert in her field, who is a thought leader, coaches, um, doctors, nutritionists, um, successful business women. I mean, you name it. It spans, you know, there's so many different people, but we all have that in common. And um, so by women for women is really important to me that we keep that again this year because we need each other. Yeah. And um, with each other's help and and strength, we can accomplish things that we could not alone. And so that'll be happening. Uh, the website, if you go to womensstrengthsummit.com is not live. It's like last year. So we have to switch everything over. So don't, don't get too excited and go and look and see that you can't, you can't sign up quite yet, but we will open up, um, free tickets. So it's free to watch everything live and, um, we'll open that up a couple weeks before the event. So people can, you know, make sure that they're in and they have all their tickets to attend and, and yeah, so it's an, it's a great online experience. And I think this is important for me to give people around the world. And we had people from around the world. And when I say that, it was like all over Europe, South America, Africa, the South Pacific, like crazy to see where everybody's coming from. But, you know, there might be women who are like, man, I really want to meet or I want to like be able to hear Emily speak. I want to be able to, but I can't afford to go to an, an event in the States. So she's like living around the world. And I think that this event is really cool because there are some wonderful in-person summits. Um, but not everybody can always attend because of travel and lodging and the cost of entry. So this is a really cool way to give people a chance to hear some of these incredible women speak like yourself and, um, you know, there's just going to be so many other um, great people, some people returning from last year, some people who are brand new, who we've not had yet, and um, some new faces and some well-known faces. And so it's going to be really fun. I love it. And it's all videos so you can see them, even though it's not mm-hmm. live in person. I think it's such a great way. You're so right. It's like, give people tons of topics, great people. It's just like, it's a really cool collection of women that you have. So I'm super stoked to have it this May and be a part of it again. Um, so in the meantime, where can they find you and tell me about, um, your Instagram handles, all your social media stuff. Yeah. The easiest way to find me is to go on social media anywhere is stupid, easy paleo and, um, stupid, easy paleo.com. So really easy. And, you know, just to like a quick note on, on that stuff. Like I, I think I'm a lot like you in the sense that paleo is a great way to sort of understand nutrition and stuff in general. And yet it's one piece of a bigger lifestyle. So I do talk about all that other, all the other stuff too on my website. It's not just paleo food, but it's, 
you know, fitness and nutrition and mind stuff. And it's very similar to the things that you do as well. And, and so I don't want anybody to be freaked out by the P word. Like, For sure. It's all, it's all cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know some people just aren't down with it, but uh, yeah. you have great stuff. I, I am obsessed with your tzatziki sauce. Oh, <laughs> I love Yay. it. Just so you know, euros are my favorite food. It's probably the food I miss the most. So if I can make mm. them as gluten-free as possible and it still tastes delicious, gluten-free, dairy-free, then I'm in the happiest human being alive. So well done. Well, if we ever meet up soon, which I hope we do in person, um, we'll like, I will go and make euros and have fun. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for coming on and being my first, not only be more guests, but also my first Skype and actually helping me through this. So it worked. You're welcome. <laughs> you're, you're so welcome. And it's such a pleasure. And I just, uh, I adore you and everything that you're up to. So it's, it's so, my, it's my, it's my honor to be here. It is so mutual. My dear friend. <laughs> uh, Yay. Tell Z about my Lord of the Rings love. I will. <laughs> okay. Well, well, we will be in touch. And thank you again.